0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, where we peel back the curtain on the shows and musical films we see. Today, we're unwrapping a very special post-Christmas treat. I'm Jeff, a music and theater producer and manager.
1: And I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. In this episode, we're diving into the much-anticipated film musical adaptation of The Color Purple, released this past Christmas Day. Half hour. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, 2024. Happy new Year. We are in a new, even though Color Purple, we know, came out Christmas Day, 2023. I know a lot of y'all are still seeing it in the movie theaters. And here we are in the new year talking about a movie musical, which I know we talk so much about the Broadway and off-Broadway that we see, but we also do love to see the movie musicals when they come out. And that was, you know, for those of you who, may, who have joined us as a follower, late- uh, may not realize that when we started our podcast during covid times that was all we were reviewing or you know talking about at the time was all the movie musicals so
0: it before we
1: reopen so, so before we get into this today please be aware there are going to be spoilers ahead if you have not seen this film yet and want to keep the surprises intact then hit the pause button go grab some popcorn and go watch it i believe it's not streaming yet it's only in movie theaters as of right now uh and then you can come back for an in-depth analysis
0: Yeah, so The Color Purple has made quite the journey from Alice Walker's novel to the original film to the Broadway stage, and now it's back on the big screen, and Savannah's very own scenery shines throughout. The film stars an incredible ensemble, including Fantasia Burino's big screen, debut as Sealy, bringing to life a powerful story of resilience and redemption in the early 1900s Georgia.
1: We have Oprah Winfrey and Steven Spielberg producing. It's a cinematic event that had us both eager to see how it would translate from the live stage to the new film experience. So let's dive into this discussion.
0: Oh, yeah. Let, we're going to get right into this. So what were your first impressions of how the film handled the original narrative of Celie's journey?
1: So we, we, you know, so Jeff, you and I have seen the original film. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. We didn't see the original Broadway production, but we did see the revival with Cynthia Revo. I thought that was a really nice telling of that. And then we get to this movie and I thought, you know, I know Fantasia did this on Broadway years ago, um, but I thought this did a, listen, I really liked this for the most part. I thought this showed Fantasia's journey as Celie throughout pretty well for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was definitely uh, empathy for her the whole time. You felt so much for her and you wanted so much for her and you saw the difficult things that she went through. And I think that when you add musical theater elements in, it really elevates the experience more. And maybe some people are going to see this film and not even realizing that it's the musical version of it, right? I know it's not exactly like the Broadway version, but there's some added songs, some songs removed, but they kept a lot of the big numbers in it. But I will say, overall, my first impression of Silly's journey, it's remarkable to see what this character goes through. And I thought for the most part, it was really, really well done, especially by Fantasia's performance. I
0: think with this film this new film is doing is it's taking elements of the original film it's taking elements of the book and it's taking some of the great moments from the stage production and it's kind of combining a little bit of all of them so if you're looking for a direct translation of the stage production you're obviously not getting that and if you're looking for more of the original film you're not getting that either but i do feel like they really got seely's journey right this mm-hmm. in this because. I feel like, I actually feel like that part is a little bit more rushed in the stage production when she's younger. And this one, I it had the right amounts of getting to know her, showing that love between her and her sister. It's all they have with each other. And just a beautiful transition as well from young Sealy to older Sealy in that great cinematography mm. moment there. I was like, oh, this is... Really, really great for her.
1: Which we don't see Fantasia for the first what thirty minutes at least, maybe even forty minutes. I mean, it's about thirty minutes. We we see um Felicia Pearl posse who I believe played young Celia, and she was wonderful. Yeah. And we, I, you don't usually see young sealy that much, so I was like, okay, I will say from a pacing standpoint, I did think that it took us because I know the stage show pretty well. It it just. The film did take a very long time to get to Fantasia's journey. And I maybe a small minor thing would have been to... I know you liked the length of the amount of time we saw the sisters together. I, I think it just took so long to get into the plot. The first 45 minutes of the film seemed to move kind of slow for me. Maybe because it seemed like there was some added songs there. But I understand we really needed to establish the sisterhood more, And I get that. It just seemed a little too long. So the minor That's
0: thing. fine. I disagree.
1: That's right. That's, <laughs> That's
0: fine. I disagree on that well, part. Well, and just I,
1: I, I was, yeah. Well, that's good. I that was that's why I was going to ask you. How did the plot development and pacing of the film compare to the Broadway production for you? Like I said, I think it took a little bit longer. And one before I you answer that, another thing I was going to say is I feel like Seely's journey it was like struggle, 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 and then that dinner scene comes. You're like, oh, she's really leaving him now. Uh, I think it it we see a lot of the struggle in the. St- I don't know. I think because we were dealing with filmic moments, some of the pacing was just different than the Bravo show. And that's okay. It just seemed like some things were accentuated more and some things were rushed a little. So that was just a slight different take on the film. Do you agree with some of that, with the pacing?
0: Yes and no, because I didn't mind the pacing of this. I don't feel like I was ever really bored. Okay. So, like, for me, the pacing was at a great level. If anything that I would have added for, like, kind of pacing. I don't even know if this would help with pacing, but the only thing I felt like that was kind of lacking may have been some more film like underscoring. Mm -hmm. Because making it a musical and even in a, a normal film, there's plenty of times where you have music underscored throughout the piece. And because that this is a musical, I felt like we were only really getting the music in the musical moments. And then there wasn't enough underscore that kind of kept themes happening without. And I feel like that, if anything, would have helped pacing for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I really, though, I thought it was great. I don't know if they really condensed anything from the stage. I mean, it's been a few years since we saw the revival, so I don't fully remember it. I'm not going to, you know, get too deep into comparing these two. Sure, sure, this sure. This whole um this whole podcast episode but i i really thought that this one hit the mark for me and you know i'm going to put it up there in some of my top movie musicals it's great this yeah, because i really really enjoyed it
1: so yeah I, I agree it's definitely one of the better ones for sure
0: do you feel like uh the film enhanced or perhaps condensed any of the story arcs from the main characters into this film
1: well, part of me feels like we got quite an extension on some of the supporting characters a little bit here, uh, especially her sister.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I thought Danielle Brooks, Sophia's character was really wonderfully scattered throughout the whole piece, not just in one song and one moment. We kind of learned her moments in jail coming out of jail. That was wonderful. The arc of that character. Yeah. I think Danielle Brooks may be the str- one of the, if not the strongest performances in the whole piece. Yeah. Um, Fantasia and Danielle for me. And Taraji. I thought actually Taraji was wonderful. We'll get to Shug in a minute though. I also I also thought Coleman Domingo's uh, character of Mr. was kind of really developed throughout the piece too. Part of me feels uh-huh. like in the revival we didn't see him as much as in the film. And you really see what a what a crazy character that is, right? And like he has to do so much in the whole movie. So they really accentuated that a lot too, I thought. Uh and even um Mary Agnes, Squeak, who's played by her. That was kind of accentuated more, I feel like, towards the end of the piece, too. Yeah, I feel like we didn't
0: we, in the stage production, you don't really get to kind of connect with these. I feel like in the stage production, it's really about Celie. And And Shug And Shug, Right. But so many of these other characters, you learn a little bit more, and you learn more about how they all are contributing to Celie's life, in a way, and helping her become into this strong woman. Mm-hmm. You totally. know, and, and she needs them around her.
1: And so Considering you, know, we know this p- film has many heavy themes uh, in this story, it's very, very sad. I, Oh, my God. I couldn't stop crying at the end. It was so, so difficult. <laughs> it's, like, so... Be- but it's, like, beautiful, but it's so sad. It's yeah. so many emotions. I mean, How we d-
0: both were. So yeah, it's yeah. Good. And everyone else in that theater, yeah. you heard the... so. So,
1: How did this film balance the drama with the moments of hope and levity? Because it's such an, a conflicting feeling of you feel so terrible. And then you, there's also... This hope that Celie has throughout the whole piece. How did that feel for you?
0: I I feel like that's why we cry on this. Because you want for her so many great things. And then when she finally gets them, it's like, oh, you're just... And it's happy tears. At the same time of being sad, it's very happy. Because everything is right. Everything is just happening at the right moment for Celie. And... She didn't lose the faith in one day she was going to be free of this man that's keeping her, you know, in the home and you have to clean and you have to take care of my kids and, you know.
1: And and was... and, and there's so much. There's not only the horrible violence scattered throughout this whole piece, but there's also, like, she birthed these children and they were taken from her. Like, there's so many things. I just, that's why I cried at the end and went, when, I, when she sees her sister in that original movie, I cry. And then this one, when she gets out of the car and sees her sister there at this beautiful, beautiful ending of this film, I'm just crying because she's meeting. And then, you know, like she sees her sister. That's enough to cry about. Then she sees her kids. Then she sees her grandkids. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Oh, it's brilliant writing. Um, so, yeah, I just I was blown away by the ending of the film. Mostly I loved the ending so much.
0: I feel like this is a random question from this, but when she goes to the house, aren't there three kids?
1: You mean, um, mister's kids? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We only really hear about Harpo.
0: Isn't it always interesting? Because you never kind of know what, and not that it really has any relation to the story, but I, yeah, you know, they meet the three kids and I'm like, what happens to the other two?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyway, let's kind of transition into the direction from this and its transition from stage to screen.
1: We'll be right back. Welcome back.
0: How do you feel like the direction of the film honored the stage production and where do you feel like it carved its own path?
1: Okay, so this is where I really want to talk about some of the directorial filmography choices here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Part of felt like every time we got to a musical number, yeah. it was like, okay, what are we going to do now? Instead of listen to the lyric, tell the message of this song. Which, standouts, I'll start with what I loved. Miss Sealy's Pants, I could watch that song every day of my life. The tapping, the the pizzazz, the showmanship, and the showwomanship of it, amazing. Push the button, loved. When the lights went out, the choreo, Taraji, blew me away. I loved her in this. I didn't really know what I was going to get. I loved it. So that those, even when Sugar is coming to town, I don't really like the change. I like the original version of it. But there was this, like, in the no, streets. I loved it. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> put on your Sunday clothes. Let's dance in the street. Like the 1960s Golden Age movie musicals moment. And I was like, yes, bring those big movie musical homage moments. Mm-hmm. Of course. So that totally, totally worked for me. But then we got to some song. I, I, when we got to I'm Here, I was just grateful that it was just her singing. I was like, we don't need the dancing. We don't need the million different. look. But it's so that really worked for me. The ending really worked for them around the tree. So some songs that didn't really work for me in terms, um, when she's meeting shook for the first time in the tub on the record, I don't, maybe y'all disagree with me. Wasn't a big fan of that. We were so taken out of what was going on that I remember from the revival, her just, Hey, okay. Let's put it this way. In this film version, any silly Shook moment seemed theatrical. When they're in the movie theater singing What About Love? And they're like, the band is there and they're dressed in the gowns. And they're in this fantasy. I understand that the love they had for each other was emotional. And it was, it was so wonderful for her. But it didn't root it for me. For me, the one critique I have was, I remember that revival. They would just put a hand on a shoulder. They would just sing. They would just fall in love with each other or... Whatever they were feeling for each other, it was so simple. And I felt like everything with Suge and Sealy seemed really grandiose. And I liked the grandiose in the production numbers. I just didn't like how they did that with the record spinning with the tub and then the big showmanship. And I love theatrical moments. But for me, I found that some of the dancing at times was a little over-choreographed, like in um, Hell No. I love that song. But like the six women behind her are like dancing the whole time. And I'm like, okay, okay, do we need all that choreography right now? To, and, and the I, answer is yes. Well, okay. I know you may disagree. I just felt like at times I was watching a music video I, and I wasn't necessarily watching the plot. It was almost like, let's stop the plot and watch a music video for three minutes and then we'll go back to the plot. And not every song, only these select few. That's all I'm going to say because I feel like I loved so many of the numbers that there were just a few that didn't quite do it for me. Now tell me what you did.
0: Oh, here we go. I, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I think if there was some underscoring in this, it would have led into the production numbers better. So because we were going just straight into the production numbers, it gave it that feeling of music video. And it felt like those were just shot for the songs. So I get it. And I get what other people have been saying about that. And that's fine. It's still a musical. And I feel like you needed to still bring the musical moments. Why is it okay in Chicago when we go into the musical moments that they can do it? And here it's kind of getting critiqued differently, I feel like.
1: In Chicago and in Cabaret, there are shows within a show. The color purple is in story being told. We're not, we don't have a narrator. We don't have a, an MC. We don't have an orchestra. And now the next act, because that's the vaudevillian aspect of those shows. Okay. This is different.
0: So should there have been moments in this direction, then, of scenes going on in between the musical numbers?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Because
0: maybe that's what was missing.
1: It was like we stopped everything to watch a production number, which, of course, in musical theater happens. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Push the button? Yes. Stop, plot, and give us a big number. Sure. Sure. But I think they did that so for like, almost every song. So I was like, why is almost every song stopping? So that's like, why it felt long to me, maybe. I don't know.
0: Okay. So now I'm I'm uh, kind of agreeing. I just needed to get to the point here of like yeah. why some things are getting critiqued differently, I feel like. And so like in when Danielle Brooks's character is singing Hell No, if a scene was going on, and then there was also a production number happening at the same time would it have felt different to you?
1: Maybe it's it's kind of like uh yeah maybe, you know and I and and I just wish for some of the solos and some of the duets and the poignant moments we just kind of slowed down some of this stylized filmic choreo because we had so much of it in the right places that I didn't think we needed in every song. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fine. Uh, but leading now into some of the performances in general. Which character performances stood out for you? Because I think almost everyone was perfectly cast in this.
0: Oh yeah, ever I don't I don't know who would not be. Um, first off, I fell in love with Taraji in this film because I just she brought something very different to that character that you kind of never really felt before. Uh, her, you know and her father's relationship and kind of, I don't know if that's even really developed in, right. the, in the stage, but like to see that and you kind of learn more about like this, is her becoming the artist that she is and then, but still wanting to have love and family connection. I mean, she, she sold it to me. Uh, I love Fantasia. I thought now on the head. And as you said, Danielle Brooks, Daniel Brooks is interesting because I feel like she's the biggest one we can compare because we saw her Mm -hmm. on the stage Mm -hmm. and now we it evolved to the screen. So being able to see her do this in both spots was really great. She always is just the money for me because even when we saw her in the piano lesson year, I'm like piano lesson last year. I said, "Oh, it's her."
1: Yeah, she's great. She commands the
0: stage. She commands the big screen and. Like you said, watching her character development, she's so powerful until she's not. Mm. And then she is again. Yep. And it it's just like great.
1: I will say I agree with all that. Fantasia, Taraji, Danielle, Corey Hawkins was great. Her, Halle Bailey. Is, who is my older Nelly Kira?
0: Sierra. Sierra.
1: Sierra. 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 <laughs> is that a pop singer? Okay. I don't know. I should know who that is. Oh, no. Everyone's going <laughs> to. Everyone's going to come if at people me. Are, <laughs> people listening to this are going to
0: say, did you just call her Key
1: Arrow? I don't know what that is. I don't listen to pop music enough. I'm sorry. But um, I will say, Coleman Domingo playing Mr. yeah, was really, really, I mean, the character is like horrible. Horrible. But his acting is really good. I was really? like, blown he's away so by sad. him. Yeah, yeah really he was so, like, so scary and so good. I don't know. I really liked him. Mm. I really did. I thought he was great.
0: Let, oh, let's talk a little bit more about the overall design, the costume set, cinematography. I mean, it really brought this 1900s Georgia to life. We'll be right back. Let's jump back into things. Do you agree? I mean, I think from a scenic standpoint, this is, it was so great. It was so, the cinematography here, I loved because Maybe most people don't like this, but like I love music videos. So maybe I I liked a lot of this um, direction because I do like that. So but I really do feel like they brought the right amount of musical to this film and just elevated it. It's splashy, it's shiny, even with the story being, you know, so tragic as it is and then happy at the same time. There were so many great moments. And I have to go to the final scene where they're, you know, Nettie's coming back. She's seeing her for the first time, and they're doing this beautiful Easter dinner. And like Fantasia's, Cecile is finally at like the biggest moment, and she's so happy in her life. And then her sister and her, and she realizes she has this whole family. And it was just crying. Oh yeah, crying. crying.
1: And the the uh, the elements of this family being in Africa, yeah. bringing those traditional looks into the scene when they were dressed like that was wonderful also i'm just realizing this now and i don't Mm -hmm. even know if in the play they it is an easter dinner but in the film it's easter and easter means rebirth Mm -hmm. rejuvenation restart and what what an appropriate holiday to have had that hell happen on i just realized that i didn't i don't remember it being easter in the play but um, a really
0: cool fun fact about this is it, it most of it was filmed in savannah so you're seeing this this backdrop and it just i thought the location choices for all of this was great i was like oh and i've been to georgia before i they really have like the beautiful trees with the spanish moss hanging down and the fields all of that i just thought they really brought a- authenticity to the overall you well know, scenic design all
1: design here is wonderful costumes lighting set location yes it was all highly elevated clearly big budget and correctly used funds in the right places for these wonderful costumes and and locales Mm -hmm. really really strong really impressive stuff right and kind of going into a little bit now of some of our personal experience of this what emotions or memories kind of come when you're watching this first watching the live show and now the movie are you feeling the same way different how do you feel
0: um I kind of probably feel the same from both. I actually feel like I'm more connected to the story from the film because I was able to process it more and feel more for these characters because I feel like they are more developed here. Um the big thing I will say is that I'm here is still the same for me. You're when that moment finally happens, you know, watching Cynthia Revo do it, it was like standing ovation even in this movie theater i wanted to get up and start clapping and yeah. you know when they sing from the soul deep down it just hits you and you're like wow just wow
1: there's a level of th- this this book and this film and this way we keep telling the story is so iconic and mm-hmm. so important to american history but to the strength of so many people it's it's just brilliant I felt so many emotions seeing it on Broadway. I feel so much seeing, I just can't even fathom what these characters are going through. And it's, it's a life lesson. It's astonishing. Yeah.
0: And what's really interesting right now. So the box office, box office numbers are in um, after Christmas and they blew the movie out of what people were expecting. I think it opened to like $18 million um, in the, the first day. What do you think that this is doing for movie musicals now in a post-COVID space? Well,
1: and this, the trailers for Color Purple and the trailers for Mean Girls both omitted a lot of musical theater elements in the trailers and made it look like it was just a redo of the movie. Mm -hmm. And there, I think, is some purposefully done marketing on that because people were saying, oh, if they find out it's a musical, they won't go see it. Mm. So I, And then they had to, like, release another trailer later on with the music in it because people got upset. It's very interesting. I don't, I don't personally like that because I think you should be telling people, yeah, it's a musical and it's really well done and you should be proud of it being a musical instead of like hiding from it. Regardless of whether that affected their ticket sales or not, I'm just so happy to see that this is doing so well. Um, but I think it's interesting that the movie musical is still going. We have a lot of movie musicals in pre-production right now. They're still coming out every, every year. We have at least one Wicked's coming next year. Mean Girls is coming in a few weeks. But there is something about why do we have to hide that it's a musical? I don't know
0: because they were also saying this about Wonka supposedly Wonka's a musical as well and they're kind of hiding the fact that it is a musical it's just sure. curious because I do wonder now though if it was more if there was more music in the original trailer and it was presented that way how would it have done in the box office I guess we'll I don't know now.
1: right but right, right.
0: a big thing is going to be also for Mean Girls when Mean Girls opens is it going to do the same thing Because then, if that's the case, then people are going to probably hide that they're making movie musicals.
1: Mm. And and with such critical acclaim, this also got wonderful reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, CinemaScore. What do you think made the film resonate so strongly with audiences and critics?
0: I think because it is pulling in multiple elements from both the original film and the stage production of this. I do think it's bringing in the right stuff. It's directed beautifully. It has an amazing cast. It has the right amount of music for people. And I think that's why people are praising it, you know? And we haven't really had a great movie musical in a long time, mm-hmm. you know? We we've we still get them, but sometimes they're rushed or they're thrown onto streaming. They're not received the same way. And this one has got the right treatment, I think, mm-hmm. you know? It was
1: well-deserved, and, and we were waiting for a while for this one. I think it came and really, for the most part, just hit the mark, for sure. Mm. For sure.
0: And I kind of want to talk about a little bit about that real quick because I know we're getting close to ending here. But, you know, we're coming up on award season and the Academy Awards are going to be happening. What do you feel like your predictions for this film is going to be?
1: My predictions are I'm not quite sure what will win because I haven't seen a lot of the films other than Maestro. And and, uh, I would like to see a few more. But for nominations, I'm sure this will get a Best Picture nomination. I'm sure Daniel Brooks will get nominated. And I really hope Taraji and Fantasia are nominated. Even Coleman. I really think yeah. any of them could be. I hope. I'm, I'm sure at least one of them will. And I'm sure it will get a Best Picture. I wonder if one of the new songs will get a Best Song. Because I don't, I don't know if it has to be a new song or a song from the musical. I don't know how that works with the rules with the new Academy Award for Best Song. But I'm sure something will be highlighted there. I think it's going to do well at the Oscars. I really do. I hope.
0: And scenic design, costume design. Yeah, any of The costumes were beautiful.
1: Yeah, you know. for sure. It was really, really so, wonderful. So, Oh my gosh, oh, we're just about wow. wrapping up, flying by. Let's give our one, two, three final thoughts here, Jeff. Who should go see this? Why should they go see it? What did you think? Three, two, one, go.
0: Everyone. <laughs> Everyone should go see this because I loved it. It's probably in my top five movie musicals now, which is great, I think. Um, there's amazing singing. There's amazing direction. It's Great scenic design, great costume design. Um, Fantasia's killing it. Danielle's killing it. Taraji's killing it. And yeah, definitely see it. And you're going to cry at the end. So
1: I just knew I was going to, and I was like, oh my God. And I start with I'm here, because I know that's so emotional. And then we go on, and then I I, I know the sister's coming. I know her kids are coming. I'm like, oh, here it comes. The water works. I'm going to cry. I think you were crying
0: the last 15 minutes of the film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just too, it's just beautiful. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully acted. This film is well done. Like I said, other than a few songs that I thought maybe I would have done differently, didn't quite work exactly the way I would have wanted them. Overall though, the whole thing works very well. It's a beautiful film and every department is done so well. Acting, design, singing, music, lighting, direction, everything. It's just wonderful. And I love seeing Fantasia do the role because I could—I didn't get a chance to see the original probably production. I know Fantasia was in that at one point, so to see her up there is brilliant, and she's yeah. just so wonderful. So everyone, go see this, please. I think I think it's wonderful. It's definitely a highlight of, of the year for mm-hmm. me, for sure, for sure. So that does wrap up our discussion of our episode today. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the color purple movie musical
0: hmm Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast, and let us know your thoughts on The Color Purple.
1: If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review. Your feedback helps us bring more theater to you. And remember, you can listen to past episodes and stay tuned for upcoming ones as well. 2024 has got a lot of theater coming up.
0: A lot of theater. Ooh, yes. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jeff.
1: And I'm Richie saying ta-ta for now.